Thanksgiving on Thursday. I'm yeah, still. Yeah, we got to go out Wednesday night and party. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a little foggy brain. Um, we it's it's first of all it's pouring rain and cold out here in Chile. Um, all day it's been raining and it was really bad. Um, coming home, I'm sure it was bad. You left the, a little bit before me, but it was pretty bad. Yeah, it, it was bad. It's one of those you just kind of look at the truck to the left of you. Look to the truck to the right of you and just stay in between them and hope <laughs> they decide not to merge. So uh, we decided we were going to go see a movie or something. We decided to stay in. Got Domino's. Nice. I walked in the door. Mm-hmm. A cold, rainy night. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Squeezer has meatloaf and mac and cheese waiting. Oh. Could it get any better? No, no. Actually, it could have. I found out it was turkey. Oh, turkey meatloaf. But after the fact, and I was kind of surprised. And then when she made it even better, when she said, do you know how expensive, like, 95% beef is or hamburger is? I'm like, okay, good point. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't buy it anymore, so I don't... Is it, it's expensive. Okay. It's, it's expensive, yeah. Really? It used to be, like, six bucks a pound. Uh, I, I think it's, like, the equivalent of buying a steak now. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, well, um uh we so we ordered we ordered Domino's and had some pizza and watched um Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. Oh. Cuz I'm trying to get I watch a lot of things. I think I I said this to her, I feel like I watch more Thanksgiving stuff than Halloween this year cuz I got I've been getting it all in. And then we put we went on the Amazon because we're going to put Violent Night on instead of Christmas movie. But she saw this Die Hard, and she's like, oh, what's that? And for some reason, like, the trailer was in German, so we checked the movie to see if it was in <laughs> German. It was really weird. It's Kevin Hart playing himself. And so we watched it, and um, we both fell asleep on the couch. I, she's still on the couch sleeping. Um, I woke up, and I was like, what the fuck? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> and it was like 1040, and I'm like, oh, shit. Poor Squeezy, he's been waiting for me. I'm just sitting down here, just staring at my screen. <laughs> um, so I got my stuff together, and uh, we're here to do the show. But I don't, I couldn't tell you what if Die Art is good or bad because it's, it's what I saw was pretty bad. And yeah, and I, I think I might have fell asleep before she did. <laughs> um, yeah, I was out. It's that kind of night. It is that kind of night, but um, and now we're here because we're like your meatloaf and mac and we are your comfort food. We are your comfort food, and I am I'm like meatloaf if you made it out of like eighty twenty, just greasy and gives you indigestion. Greasy, um, yeah. What was there any ketchup with your meatloaf or gravy or? Uh, Cranberry you know glaze. I I, I I was gonna. Sometimes I like just a little ketchup on the side, or sometimes a little sriracha, just a little. Um, but I'd already sat down, 
And uh, I didn't feel like getting back up. So, eh, it was... Not gonna lie, it wasn't nearly as dry as it could have been for being a uh, turkey. Oh, okay. So, it was okay. Yeah? It was good. I don't want to say okay. Was she the might listen and be mad. mac and cheese from scratch or? Oh, yeah. Scratch right out of the box. <laughs> was it craft? Uh, it was. It was. Oh, well, it you was can't be mad the, at the that. three cheese, I believe. Um, as long as it wasn't like a microwave craft. It was the kind you have to kind of cook the noodles and mix in the Yeah, in the box. Yeah, in the tradi- butter. your traditional boxed macaroni and cheese. Right. That's, that's what, like, I can make my mac and cheese from scratch, <laughs> but they're not going to eat it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't like the microwave shit either. So it's, they're like their dad. They're very particular about their noodle-based product. You'll you'll eat it all. You just have preferences. I will eat it all. I just I I do have uh you know preferences. My my yeah. you know standards have gone down drastically. I had a good cabbage and noodle today. It was delicious. Where'd you get that at? My mommy. Oh. She texted me last night. She's like, I have cabbage and noodles for you. I will be there on my way into work. Thank you. Was she just stop? Wait, I thought she retired. Yeah. I said I'd stop. Oh, 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 you. Oh, you. I thought she dropped it off again. I was like, no, man, no. she's been stopping by yeah. left and right lately. No, she's busier than I am. Um, She had a yoga class that she runs, which means she starts to, you know, CD player. Mm-hmm. But. So I forgot to read this last week. We got an email from Billy Madden. Uh, he said, nothing but trouble was the thing. Hey, RK, you guys talked about the movie Nothing But Trouble in the last episode. My dad actually worked on the movie, which is pretty cool. The Volcavania oh, set was actually filmed in Valencia, California, near Magic, Man- near Magic Mountain, actually. They left the set up several years after filming until one day it vanished. If you knew where to look, it could be seen from the freeway. Just thought I'd let you know. Best, Billy. Thanks, Billy. If anyone else has um, oh. info because that we're too dumb to figure out on our own, email me at rk at radiers.com or go yeah. ahead and email squeeze, Squeezer. Yeah. And if, if you actually know someone that has a first-hand account that can basically undermine our uh, talking out of our asses, well, uh, please share. Wikipedia <laughs> said it was filmed <laughs> in... Um, uh, in in the valley, so well, I, I assume like one or two of those yeah. shots. That was, yeah. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, there is a. Uh, we also Bobby uh, Gallagher told us he lived down the street from uh, or worked down the street from Schnitzelplatz. He works there from Schnitzelplatz. That's very exciting. Up. And he said it's awesome. And, um, yeah, so there's that. Too. If I don't understand if you work down the street from Schnitzelplatz, just quit your job and go work at Schnitzelplatz. You're right. Or just play there. Hey, Dave, the nostalgic addicts in the house, all the way Hi. up in the Pacific Northwest. He's saying happy Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Yes, a, a happy Thanksgiving. I believe, uh, Dave's going to be delivering delicious, delicious beer in his truck tomorrow. Ah, my hat's off to you, sir. You yes. provide a great service. He's doing and the Lord's disservice, depending work. on how you look at it. The Lord's work, yes. um, which is pretty cool. 
we uh, people are probably like, wait, it's Tuesday. They were on Thursday last week. They're on Tuesday this week. This is a short amount of time in between episodes. They're very confused. But we did say we were going to be either Monday or Tuesday because I have to. I'm off from work tomorrow. I took a vacation mm-hmm. day. Oh, nice for you. I'm going to have to start drinking, I think, at like noon so that I'm passed out by like 11 p.m. Isn't that the hardest? Like, like trying to get to sleep because you have to be up early? The worst. Well, getting up early is, first of all, the worst. I don't mind getting up early. Why do these little jerks have to play football at 1030 in the fucking morning, Squeezer? Tradition. Fuck their tradition. My tradition is sleeping in. Every day, it's my. You, it's my every. You might want to cut this out. You're gonna get your head on a pike. Why? Oh, you don't mess with tradition. Whose tradition? Theirs? Yeah. You seriously think I give a flying fuck about them <laughs> and their stupid fucking tradition when I want to sleep in? <laughs> you are sorely mistaken. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, play football at fucking. One o'clock, like human beings. That's still early for you. It's still early, but I can make it work. The one getting up before the fucking sun's up is yeah. not something I'm excited for. Well, someone's got to cook those uh, sausage sandwiches. Yeah, I got my chef hat. It's already. It's, it's fantastic. Squeezer got a little sneak peek at it. Because I won't be there to see it. So oh, he won't be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll be up at five thirty anyway, making mashed potatoes. So. So, are you just going to keep making batches until you get it right? Because it does not take that long to make mashed potatoes. Yeah, I, I might I might do a scratch bat. What I might end up doing is because... <laughs> How many pounds of potatoes have... are in your house right now? Right now? Uh, 20. Is you have four or five pound bags? Yeah, yeah, because I, I have to make it for Thursday, and I got to make it again for Saturday. So, two batches. And you use 10 pounds per batch? No, I, I, I blend my russets and Yukon golds. I do about two-thirds russet to about one-third Yukon gold. It adds a little extra creaminess to the mm, starch. I use white potatoes. Um, okay, so they're nice. It's real, like, creamy and rich. Yeah, that's what everyone says yeah, to use. Nice. Yeah, I like a fluffiness. That's where um, the russet comes in. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I, I like to... I was working it out at different... I was doing different varieties to see what I like. How many in the past um, month? How many mashed potatoes have you? How much mashed potato have you eaten? I probably like twenty pounds. <laughs> so, because I, I t- it, mashed potatoes are you peel them, you cut them, cut them the same size, because you don't forget to do that. Oh yeah, yeah boil them. Well, no, no, no. I, that's the other thing I learned. I don't do. I do differently now. I will. I will cut my russets a little smaller than my Yukon Golds because Yukon Golds cook down faster. So I may only have my Yukon Golds where I will cut into thirds or quarter my russets. Well, yes. And they Us non-psychopaths the just use one type of potato when we make them. <laughs> so you cut them the same size. Oh. But yeah, it, it takes maybe a half hour to make mashed potatoes. I, I mean, if you want to rush it. Okay, even if you don't rush it, <laughs> an hour. 35 minutes? Right. Well, here's the problem now. Well, I, mean, I, I just want to know why you're waking up at 5.30 to make mashed potatoes. Because because here's the, here's the problem I have. Okay. Uh, we're eating dinner at my mom, or lunch, or whatever. At, we're eating at, we eat at one. Okay. Um, but she asked that everyone kind of be there around like 11.30. It's, you know, everyone gets together, and you have, you know, down a couple, the kids play, you know. 
Uh, have a good time. This is the first time everyone is bringing a separate dish because they finally like acknowledged like, okay, we can't do this for 30 people at 70 and 80 years old. So I'm like, fair enough. We've been offering. Um, I'm on mashed potato duty because she knew mm-hmm. uh, that I, was I'm, a smart move. Is she going to sew a little badge onto your shirt that you're the mashed potato duty? Because you've been very proud of mashed potato duty. I, I'm already, I, I have. You're like. I have, I have a shirt. You're like, you haven't seen Barbie, but in Barbie, Ken's only job is beach. His job is beach. Your job is mashed potato. I'm okay with that. I'll accept my fate. All right, I'm sorry. So 1130. Anyway, the problem is we have to be there at 1130. Your mom lives, what, 10 minutes away? Four and a half. Four and a half minutes. Okay. Um, uh, Seven. Seven to ten if we go at uh, school bus hours and the three ancient old guys that are the... um, crossing guards at the mm-hmm. one stoplight are there and what it's what little remaining power they have in their life is to control that intersection for roughly 15 minutes a day oh, and yeah. it's a fucking nightmare gotta wield that power oh my god all right so it's thanksgiving morning. Anywho, there won't be so school. i have to i yeah uh, so i have to but i have to cook those potatoes and then take them to my mom's but then they have to rest they're going to sit for an hour and a half so I have to make an early. I want to make an early batch, then let them sit. And I'm may, I might make two separate batches, and <laughs> I'll do one that I'll let cool, and I'll do one where I'll try to retain heat as best I can and see what works out best, and then I'll also reheat them to see it, which is best. She's like, I can microwave them. I'm like, you're a heathen. Don't touch my mashed potatoes. Why don't so you just make them there? Well, because they're going to already be cooking other stuff and like using the stove. Plus, they're not. Oh, don't cook while we're uh, doing other stuff. You know, I'll be in the way. I was considering if I take like a uh, a boiler outside, like one of my propane ones, and I don't you have a crock pot? I could transfer them to the crock pot. Yeah, and put it on warm, and that could. I'm worried about the drying. I if I coat it in butter, I would expect you to coat it in butter anyway. Yeah, that's you know what, I will have. That's not a bad idea. That I'll try that as one of my preservation. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna have to run out and, on Friday and buy another twenty pounds of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited for this. It's the little challenges in life. It, it's the exploration. It's the science of it. It's, uh... <laughs> well, uh, did you have you, you? So you have cooked batches. Yes, multiple batches. This is why I would never, never be able to compete on Iron Chef. Like, they're no. like, oh, what's on your plate? <laughs> no, I'm like, you don't uh... have to explain, Squeezer. Pokey himself, we know. Cannot... <laughs> what's on your plate? I haven't picked plates yet. <laughs> you had a, an hour. What did you do? Well, <laughs> if you want to come over here, I pull out five different options. If you want to pick which one you like. This was Iron Chef, not Iron Place Setting, Squeezer. Uh, it's not a terrible show. I'm surp- I'm sure it exists on one of those terrible. Uh, but I'm saying you wouldn't even be able to pick out the place the sh- the plates that it served on no, in sixty minutes. No, no. Given all those options, given that whole pantry. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! They'd kick you off the show when they call you to. So <laughs> the day, like the week before, they call you and they give you four options, and you have to give pantry items for all four of those o- o- options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd be kicked off then. 
You'd be like, let me get back to you. And you turn in a fucking five uh, legal pads worth of ingredients. And every single one of them has like roughly three pounds of cheese. I'm like, what's all that cheese from? Like, that's for my snack while I cook. Can we? Just why do, do you, why do you need three pounds of cheese in the case of Heineken? Can we well, just, have can, you ever cooked before, sir? Can we just do uh, this in the, in the grocery store? Because that would be ideal. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you you would not. Yeah, farewell. But like, <laughs> he pulls the the cloth off to reveal the ingredients. The Iron Chef goes running up there, gathers them all up, and there I am, just staring at it, tapping my chin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. 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 <laughs> and you just keep staring up and looking back down, staring up. Hey, uh, uh, uh chef, what, what what seems to be the problem? Yeah, what are you uh, what are you lighting this cheese with? <laughs> are those gobos? Uh, I mean, it's just so well pudding. So, what's that? What pictures you have up there? <laughs> Sorry to do the impression, but it's a, I have to it's have to get into your head. I have to <laughs> fully commit. Oh, uh, it's it's a scary commitment. Mm. But uh, <sighs> tis to see. I, I I that's why I, I love Thanksgiving for that because I can. It's the best thing to ever happen to me. I am um, so when I get home and Enchantress is finally. Yeah, I always offer to do it, but she's never, she, you know, she's never said no. Nah. She's always like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to eat a full Thanksgiving dinner if, after I go to my family's. But I've always been like, I'll just make us a dinner, and um, then we could eat. So finally, this year, she was just like, yeah, do that. So I have all, I have, I have enough ingredients to make a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner for fifty people for the two of us. Oh. Nice. So after I get home, and this, you might be like, oh, after you get home from working all day, you have to cook. I like to cook. It's what I enjoy doing. Yeah. And that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I get home, like, our normal, like, if we have a game, I get home, and the first thing I do is, like, I pull the steak, throw it on the counter, let it rest, and... <laughs> then grill the up kids. some wings. <laughs> what do you Grill up some wings. Do the kids' dishes and stuff. But then, and then I will cook until it might be one in the morning, and I'm having uh, steak and eggs and like broccoli or something, and just uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the process. The process it is. So uh, yeah, I don't know what the news happened um, in between. No one wants to see uh, the Marvels, including myself. And no. Um, Survivor Series uh, War Games is, is next Saturday. Oh, that's right. I did see a commercial for that. Uh, it's not... Ro I'll wait for Royal Rumble. I, my traditional uh, January to March give a fuck run. Yeah, I, I'm still like a tertiary fan, like paying attention off to the side. So I know what's going on. I've been watching on YouTube and nah, uh, I no, I haven't really paid attention since uh, probably SummerSlam. Yeah, the team, the big teams are formed for the big match for the big five on five teams of five. Strive to survive. 
um, I believe Randy, he didn't say his name on Raw last night, but Cody teased Randy Orton would be back to be on their team. Really? Because yeah. I thought he was done, 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 done. No, nope. It's like uh, Edge back crippled done. No, apparently not. It's uh, well, good because I'm a fan. That's how uh, that's how big fuck how over um, Judgment Day is. It's Judgment Day versus all the baby faces. It's Judgment Day and uh, and um, the big Scottish motherfucker. Yeah. Shame, well, I mean, that's Seamus, when uh, wrestling's at its best when you got bad stables. You know, you need villains. That's what carries. I it. mean, and Dominic Mysterio has more heat than anybody. He can't oh, even fucking so breathe fucking without that fucking crowd booing him. Yeah. It's like that old school kind of hate where, like, they, they actually hate you for real. Yeah, it's a lot like, of hate. Like when you would get, like, grandmothers back in the 70s wanting to murder, like, you know. Yeah, real heat. Those guys. Like, Goddamn good heat. heat, motherfucker. Got heat. Motherfucker wants to kill him. I need to carry a fucking gun around just in case. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's how good of a fan I am. I don't even know the guy's name. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Ah, uh, yes. So Drew McIntyre is with Judgment Day. And then it was Cody Rhodes. Uh, I'm so bad with names. Cody Rhodes, uh, the one of the Usos that's on Raw now, who says Yeet. Uh, Sami Zayn. And uh, who's the champion guy? Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. And um, then that was fourth. And then Cody said, T said it would be Randy Orton being their fifth. Ah, oh, fuck. All right. I'll watch. Or at least I'll watch. I'll probably come in around the main event. Once I get to people I know. See, yeah, I, I don't really know Randy Orton that well. I mean, more than what I've seen the last few years. Well, because you probably... You started tapering off when he came up. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I didn't even like him too much like when he came in, but over over time I've come to appreciate his both his ring work and I don't know, he just still kinda carries over that older generation kind of vibe and feel. Like he's Because he is willing to play the chicken shit heel and he's also he, he just he accepts being the bad guy and he can get over being the heel versus like we talked about the problem where that guys want to be fucking heroes. Guys want to be heels in wrestling. Heels more fun. They it is more fun, but everyone wants to everyone wants to Shit, Hogan Hogan was a babyface, but he wrestled as a heel. Oh, yeah. Hogan was a fucking heel and a half. But um I think uh, I think Cody found his niche as that blazing hot white meat baby face that that hasn't been around, and of course, uh, the the baby face is only as good as their heel. And uh, the Judgment Day and uh, uh, the Bloodline provide pretty good heels right now, but Cody has found that niche coming back to WWE as the fucking white meat, you know. Fucking baby face. Mm-hmm. Oh, so fucking. I'm really digging the Cody Rhodes stuff, but he's such such dusty tendencies too, which I love, baby. Please, <laughs> good shit. But uh, yeah, that's the Thanksgiving to me. Uh, 
a lot of people, yeah, the Macy's Day Parade, and we'll talk about that later. Macy's Day Parade was important. Oh, Not really. We were just we were just talking about that uh, tonight. Oh, you're, she's did, very, she's so she, excited. I thought she watched. Didn't your but wife always watch? But she, yeah, she watched the, Philly. the fucking Philly one. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking the one, the one of uh, seven people that watched the. Yeah, I thought you said that. Uh, so the Macy's, she, yeah, she's a Delco kid, so right. She's a Darby kid. Fuck. Yeah. Really. The Macy's parade was was big because sometimes there's cool things, but there's a lot of boring shit in between the cool stuff in the Macy's Day parade. So, yeah. you know, you lose. So, like, I don't really associate Thanksgiving with the Macy's Day Parade as much as I do Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Growing up, Survivor Series was fucking Thanksgiving. And you always got to stay up and watch it. Because it was, from what I remember, the night before Thanksgiving. The Thanksgiving Eve tradition. That's why we're doing the show tonight. Because of Survivor Series. <laughs> <laughs> Why um? Why is the night before Thanksgiving always like the be- biggest drinking bar night? Why? Why is that a thing? I don't know. because uh, it's like everyone's home for. I I I think it's like because college kids are now back home and uh, drinking all fall, and now they can go and drink with all their friends from high school. Uh, Which I don't know why you do it the Wednesday. I don't get it though. Why it's the Wednesday before? That sounds like a terrible idea. I never did really. I might have gone out, but never got crazy. Cause it's like Thanksgiving's the next day. Like, why would I want to be all fucked up and miserable on Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. go out like you know, Black Friday night or but Saturday. It's like you don't go back to school on Saturday or Sunday. Shit, usually you have a whole week off yet anyway. So save it for then. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know. It's traditions like that make no sense to me. Seeing people <laughs> socializing. <laughs> yeah, that was we purposely didn't go out because I didn't want to see people. I did. I think I got pretty crazy with Tommy and company a few times. I'm pretty sure like that was one of the nights I got arrested. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that could have been one of the nights that we had, there was some yeah drama. And. They know who I'm talking about. Who they? Not me, right? I don't know who does. No, me. not you. No, Matt. Oh. Kevin. Casey. Yeah. Those well, guys. Do I was the one getting arrested in my room. Yeah. Uh, what there, happened? So there, was, there was a pitchfork involved. I don't know. A contractor, like lawn care guy, should not be allowed to leave like a pitchfork in the back of a pickup truck parked down the street from a bar. It's a terrible idea. Yeah, it's, that's on them. Yeah. Negligence. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Thanksgiving Day is two days away. Um, and I'm ready for it. And I think we should uh, celebrate by starting our thankful show. What about you? I'm ready. Oh, do we do we want to even acknowledge it? I don't there's not enough info on it yet. But uh, the live action Zelda movie. That was that was a few weeks ago. Live action no, and animated. Like- Two days ago, like there was real information came out like this week. Yeah, but they announced Nintendo announced their plans to do it like yeah two weeks ago. It's kind of like oh okay all right. And I think we said it on the show. Did we? Yeah, we talked about it? yeah. Oh, okay, we said they're making a live action and an animated one. Oh. 
And what else came out about it? I don't know. Now it's all the speculation. Speculate, <laughs> speculate, speculate. No. Well, but there's no real information, right? No, none whatsoever. Just the internet talking. So nothing's changed from when we announced it on the show. Well, we, it's not like we announced it. I just read it off comicbook.com. No, we announced it. Yeah. We announced it. All right. Um, let's. I go first this week. So oh, okay. Here's my first thing I'm thankful for. 2023. Yep. First, I'm thankful that I remembered to put up the clip. Okay. Pretend it's Thanksgiving and this bread is a turkey. <sighs> oh my God, it's so juicy. Yo. You see, Bobby, on Thanksgiving, people will be so jazzed by the moistness <laughs> of the turkey, you'll have to tune them out. Now try again. <laughs> The kids' table needs dark meat. Uh, that's a clip from one of the, um, what I narrowed down to four King of the Hill Thanksgiving episodes that I love and I am thankful for, uh, which the last two nights I rewatched all, which, but I probably know them from tip to tail. Um, and, and they're all, they're all like some of the best episodes ever done. King of the Hill was always doing a good Thanksgiving Day episode. The first one was called Nine Pretty Darn Angry Men. <laughs> um, and Hank was hosting Thanksgiving, and he starts it out on his, his uh, lawnmower that he says the best, and they talk about the next day they're going to do a focus group for um, the lawnmower company, and Mason, and... Um, Bill's up. I'm not going to MacGyver this whole episode, but his dad shows up <laughs> and his dad's just really mean to his mom. And then, and then they, they, um, uh, the, one of the best jokes is Hank's mom comes out and is like, Hank, you said to let you know when Celine Dion's off the field. Well, she's off. Aren't mothers great? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another joke, uh, Peggy's saying that they need to be, uh, five miles over Texas, uh, which is two hours away and they need to get up at five thirty a.m. Because she's not going to, uh, she doesn't want all the cowboy, good cowboy stuff to be gone. She's not giving people Dallas Maverick stuff. And he's like, Sit. and she goes, we need to be in bed by 7.30. And he's like, 7.30? I can't be asleep that early. And she goes, you're not even trying. Have another beer. And he's like, oh, I guess it's worth a shot. Um, Then she falls asleep clipping coupons. They wake up, they go to the mall, and Peggy's got her little light thing on. And Peggy goes to get her, 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 uh, her, shoe fix at the cobbler and falls asleep in the chair the whole time. And meanwhile, in the um, focus group, they're fighting over a new mower that Hank hates and, and cotton stars equip, but there's, there's great cotton quips. Like they go to their names and jobs. And when it gets to Hank, he goes, he's Hank. He works at a gas station. <laughs> I do not hork at a gas station. He's a gas monkey. Works for tips. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way Cotton insults his son. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. And then he they're, they're shitting on his old mower and praising the new one. And he's, it's an allegory for uh, Cotton's new wife and, and Hank's mom. And Hank finally uh, proves that the new mower and all its fancy features aren't good. And that he the old one was good all, all along. And he defends you know his mom. Um, 
So that's a good Thanksgiving Day episode. The next one is um, they're flying to Montana for for Thanksgiving that year, and to because uh, to see Peggy's family, the Platters, and Hank's smoking a a turkey uh, with propane because I guess Mother Platter insulted him, and the, and Peggy has a line in the the first one, uh, which is season three, like. The day before, the day after Thanksgiving, in my opinion, is the busiest shopping day of the year. And this episode, she goes, the day before Thanksgiving, in my opinion, is the busiest travel day of the year. (laughs) So they're flying and their flight keeps getting delayed. And a bunch of things happen um, where they they don't get off the ground. And Bill drives them to the airport because he says he's picking up his uncle and he just, it's mail made up. Uh, But that's, that's another good episode. And then, um... The third Thanksgiving, oh, no, I'm, oh, the third Thanksgiving day is called Spin the Choice, uh, and, and you've seen all these, right? I mean, uh, initially, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's been twenty years. You, you don't rewatch every week like I do. Uh no, no. So then there's a there's another one where um, uh, John Redcorn, um, he he's been it's kind of like a, a going ongoing story where. Dale's been helping him sue the government to get land. Uh, and they get tw- uh, 12 acres of unincorporated Ireland. Unincorporated Ireland. Sorry, I can't talk tonight. And, but but uh, John Redcord wants to get to know his son Joseph better, even though, you know, it's technically Dale's son. Uh, but um, <laughs> even though he looks just like John Redcorn, he's probably John Redcorn's true son. He's very much raised by Dale, so he's an idiot. And uh, so John Redcorn starts like trying to tell Bobby all these things about the white man stealing the white man stealing things from the native man. And Bobby reads about it, and they have a big Thanksgiving party. And he, Bobby's at the table, and he's like, "I'm protesting Thanksgiving, the white man's Thanksgiving." And he's like, "Bobby, not in front of the Boomhauers. Sorry, Doctor Boomhauer." So Boomhauer's dad's doctor. And um, Peggy makes a game called Spin the Choice. He goes. Because uh, Luann accidentally tells Peggy that no one likes her boggle tournaments. She's like, what? She's like, what? I didn't say nothing. She said, you said no one likes my boggle tournament. She goes, I said that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> and so she goes, people historically like to spin and they like to choose. So she makes a game called Spin the Choice. And I want to win a bag I want to win a bag And then Peggy's arm is the, the thing. just, do And he goes in between. Oh. Bill thinks he want to win a bag um, but yeah, it's a great episode. And then the last one is probably the best one. It's called Goodbye Normal Jeans. Um, Bobby's taking home at class and he's failing and he has a task where he takes a soiled cheerleader costume home, or uniform home and he has to get the stain out of it. And Peggy helps him and she pours bleach on it and not only ruins the dress, but ruins Hank's dungarees. And Bobby feels so bad, he goes to his home ec teacher and says, you got to help me fix my dad's pants. So he makes he, he, he makes him a new pair of pants out of a bolt of denim and the, using the pants as a thing. And Hank's like, Bobby made the pants you ruined better. And Bobby starts being like really good at home ec, like cooking and everything. And Hank like like likes everything. And Peggy gets jealous <laughs> in true Peggy fashion. <laughs> So Hank, there's this, this one episode where she goes and gets her, she, uh, she has a women's magazine trying to try and make a centerpiece 
and she gets like ticks and fleas in her hair. So she's at the hairdresser and he makes her hair like all big and she tries to like seduce Hank and he's like, oh, it's the, the hair product. It's <laughs> it smells too bad. So they separate their beds because I guess it's two smaller beds put together. And she's like, well, your mother likes your mattress firm and I like mine extra firm. And she goes and sleeps in Bobby's room and because Bobby's out shampooing the the couch and Hank goes, you could sleep in here with in your mother's side of the bed. And he goes, it's a clear night. We could watch the weather from San Antonio. The sports guy used to play for the Oilers and, um, great episode. Piggy gets jealous and steals the Turkey. Thanksgiving Turkey. Oh, and, and, um, uh, a side plot is, uh, Bill throws like a, a empty can, a beer can, over his shoulder and gets gets it in the cooler and dale goes a million bucks you can't do it again and he goes oop and misses he goes ah you owe me a million bucks and he keeps taunting bill so bill writes him a fake check for a million dollars and dale takes it to the bank and cashes it and he's like mr dotary only has 465 dollars in his account so he requests a bunch of coins and drains his account out so when bill's trying to buy all the food to make his thanksgiving dinner he can't get anything um and then he goes to hank did I repair my roof lately? Um, and Hank looks over and goes, well, it looks horrible, so maybe. <laughs> and he goes, because I, I don't have any money and I don't know what I spent it on. And then, yeah, that's the whole subplot. And then at the end, um, Hank sends Bobby to Bill's to eat Thanksgiving dinner while him and Peggy make up and they break the wishbone for a million dollars and Bobby loses. He's like, you owe me a million dollars. And Dale steps out of the shadow and goes, correction, you owe me a million dollars. And Bill goes, sorry, he made me. <laughs> Great stuff. King of the Hill. And I'm thankful for King of the Hill and it's Thanksgiving day episodes, which I kind of just squeeze your MacGyver there for you. Oh no, that was, that was a, uh, that was a good MacGyver. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't full plot, but you hit all the bullet points. I tried to hit the jokes jokes yeah all right here is your first thing you're thankful for he'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble are those the new joes destro yes commander who's on the watchtower that's the jungle trooper code name Rakundo. and manning the howitzer that's the flamethrower code name blowforge and the halo jumper code name ripcord who's by the bivouac that's the dog handler code name Mutt, and his dog junkyard They've not seen the last of Cobra. Watchtower, Howitzer, Bivouac, and G.I. Joe figures each sold separately from Hasbro. Hasbro? What was that? How many times can you say Bivouac in a kid's toy commercial? I don't know, but that commercial alone is the reason why I didn't like fucking G.I. Joe. <laughs> uh, did you prefer Tense? Tense? Over Bivouac. What's Bivouac? It's just a tent. Oh. No, it's yeah. it's like there's too there there's too much intricacies in fucking GI Joe and too many fucking I don't know ah so much intricacies. I, I watched the show and I my brother was more into the GI Joe than I was, and it moved so the line moved so quick. I mean, from eighty two to four what, billion four really uh ninety four like it was just ma- i mean towards the end they were really just churn- they weren't the same but those early years like they were just cranking out figures mm-hmm. um but I, i'm not talking gi joe in particular but the the way these figures were made and what you could do with them like so in, in they're uh, very articulated uh, very articulated and that all comes down 
to the rubber O-ring inside. Did you ever take one apart? Oh, of course. Yeah, and the yeah. the the really thick rubber band, black rubber band in the middle. Yeah, and and it, I mean it's a beautiful thing because they weren't and they were screwed in the back, and which allowed you to open them up. And if you ever had to do like a stopgap repair, you could always you open uh, uh, crazy legs. Ironically, uh, one of my guys who the O-ring broke. Um, and I had to take them apart, and then I took a small rubber band and like doubled it up, doubled it up, doubled it up until it had enough tension, and was able to put them back together. Uh, but that's where I got the idea, and because I mean this is before the internet, and there's like whole like communities now based around it. Hmm. But I'm like, wait a second, when I take this apart, like the back, come, the back and front come apart, the head falls out, the arms and legs all come apart. Like I can like mission mash them. So that's when I started, that was my, like, my very first modding of, like, figures was I would take my G.I. Joes apart and, like, put them back together with, like, different, uh, different looks. And you had, like, a whole, uh, landscape, uh, like, to play with. Like, there was a whole different way to play with them was to build my, I had my own little, like, workshop setup where I could, like, take apart my G.I. Joes and reassemble them differently. Of course you did. Yeah. It was unlimited play. Yeah, I don't know if I uh, was ever... I mean, I know there was a huge community of taking Hasbros, but that was when I was in like high school because I remember like people would come into KB and ask if we had any Hasbro figures. They, they would take them and they'd make like like the Warlord that'd sand the head down and make Stone Cold Steve Austin out mm-hmm. of him. Um, so there was like a lot of custom Hasbro... There was a huge custom WWF Hasbro community. But I know... Yeah. I didn't know there was a custom G.I. Joe community. Uh, yeah, there's especially now, I think they, I don't know if they kind of moved away from the uh, three and three quarter, but there's a lot of guys out there, they mod the, uh, and girls, girls can do it too. Um, the, even like the newer ones uh, that come out. I mean, it, basically they take any figure and mod it and, you know, Sometimes make it a lot of times make it look better. Other times, make it a lot worse. Uh, I did not have the painting skill, so I didn't go too crazy. I did mess around with some of my Star Wars at one point, um, which they're you know they're not they only have the five points of articulation. They're not like well a, Hasbro a had like Joe two points of articulation. Yeah. <laughs> the, they moved at the waist, they moved the head, and their arms moved. That's it. And they had some of them didn't but, even have that. Some of them just had like it depended on the action they had. Yeah. Uh, but with like the Star Wars ones, I would boil them uh, to break up the glue. Oh yeah, you boiled, you boiled then, the. That was yeah, how you did the Hasbro's too. Yeah, and then pull them apart, and then you could uh, reassemble them. I remember one, I did. A, it was a Lando, Boba Fett kind of. It was a weird mishmash. I started uh, really just messing with them and uh, uh, pulling them apart. I, I think I tried painting those, and I tried doing like a little like sanding, like cleaning up edges and stuff like that and uh, never it never went anywhere but it was fun you get extra play out of your toys i mean rather than them like end up in a you know a yard sale for a less fortunate kid to play with why not uh you know disembowel them right why not it was fun in the process yeah yeah um okay anything more on that yeah no, I, I am thankful for the ability, uh, uh, the quality of the three and three quarter inch GI Joe line, and its ability to 
retrofit them to my liking. You are my real American hero, Squeezer. Thanks. <laughs> okay, here is my second pick. What's that great smell? Chicken. Oh, yeah. And stovetop stuffing. Your mom is making stovetop instead of potatoes? The celery, the onions, and all that great stuff. Think I could stay? Sure. Mom, can I eat it too, me? Yes, but we're having chicken and stovetop. What time? Eight. What time are you eating? Six, I think. Hello, Mom. You can never get enough stovetop stuffing instead of potatoes. And to make as little or as much as you want, try stovetop in the canister. Ah, uh, stovetop stuffing. Something I wasn't a fan of as a kid, Squeezer. I'm going to blow your mind here. Um, also, did you know, by the way, not that when we were driving up to Wilkes-Barre on Saturday to do the parade, did you know Planters was started in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania? Like the Peanuts? Yeah. No idea. I had no idea either. And it's there's like a storefront driving up. We saw that and I was like, what? And then I looked, I, I went on Wikipedia, and it was founded by an Italian immigrant, Amadeo Obisi, in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. No way that someone from Wilkes-Barre is named Obisi. Where's <laughs> uh, Brad is here to do this classic pop? Ow. Uh, it's like, I tried to do it, and I just smacked myself in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, the, the, uh, stovetop, hold on, where's my page where I have the history of stovetop stuffing? I pulled up this, this, oh, here it is. Um, so stovetop stuffing was invented by Ruth Miriam Seams. I do like stovetop now. I think it's, if you want stuffing, stovetop's the best way to go. Oh, I make mine from scratch. Yeah, it's kind of a waste of time. Why? Because stovetops just, you can't get better. Uh, you shouldn't have my stuffing. It's pretty damn good. Well, you probably put sausage and stuff in it, right? Fuck yeah, I do. Yeah. So, stovetop was created by Ruth Miriam Seams, uh, who died in 2005. She was a home economist who created stovetop, uh, native to Evansville, Indiana. She developed the stuffing, um, one of General Foods Corps, now Kraft Foods, top convenience products in 1971 while working at the corporation's Terrytown, New York facility. Her name was the first in the patent application for the product. Her patent was based on a certain size of breadcrumb that makes rehydration or the addition of water work. In an interview with the Evansville Courier in 1991, Seam said the idea for instant stuffing came from the marketing department, but it was up to the research and development staff to create the product. The test kitchens, the chefs, and all the workers in research and development were given a shot at developing the stuffing, but Sim's idea was the one the company chose. Today, Kraft Foods, which now owns the brand, sells about 60 million boxes of it at Thanksgiving. The company spoke 60 million boxes at Thanksgiving. Yeesh. Um, some sources say Seams first sold the recipe to Mrs. Cubinson's Corporation and later further developed it for wholesome purposes, wholesale purposes, and general foods kitchen. Um, so I was on stovetops. So I, first of all, I found on Bon Appetit, they asked, which box stuffing is best? We tried stovetop, Trader Joe's, Pepperidge Farm, and more. So they've got... Trader Joe's cornbread stuffing mix, Pepperidge Farm cornbread classic stuffing. It's in a bag, not a box. 
uh, Whole Foods 365 organic traditional stuffing mix, which is chicken flavor, uh, Kroger chicken flavored stuffing mix, <coughs> um, Pepperidge Farm herb seasoned classic stuffing, um, stovetop traditional state traditional sage stuffing mix, and stovetop savory herbs. Uh, which of those do you think was number one, and which was the worst? Oh, I'm gonna go with for for the sake of your. St- I'm gonna go stovetop was number one. Which one? Savory herbs or traditional sage? Uh, traditional sage. Okay. Wait. Savory. Savory herbs. <laughs> okay, you picked them both. So which one is it? No, it's gonna be sa- savory herbs. Savory herbs is one, and what's the worst? Um, Pepperidge Farm. Well, you weren't too far off. The oh, the mushy okay. loser was Trader Joe's cornbread stuffing. Ah, you know what? I was even going to guess Trader Joe's was going to be at the bottom of the list, despite it probably costing more than all of them. Right. Uh, Trader Joe's is actually cheap. They're just not that good sometimes. No. Unfortunately, despite Shilpa's tentative endorsement, tasters were put off by the appearance of Trader Joe's corn stuffing. Bright, mustardy yellow, and perfect square processed-looking cubes. Uh, it bordered on liquidy, almost like bread soup. It was plasticky aftertaste going on. Hmm. Uh, then the gummy and grainy Pepperidge Farm cornbread classic stuffing. You know what? I'm. Gl- I even in my head, cause I've I've never had it. I don't even know what it looks like, but the way you described it is what I just guessed it probably came off as. I don't know um, why. I just associate it with grainy. That's bad marketing, Pepperidge Farms. The perplexingly peppery Whole Foods traditional stuffing mix. Um, it'd be seedy. The stuffing was rife with tiny seeds that got stuck in our teeth. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> someone described the flavor as the ghost of herbs past. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, then the non-too-neutral Kroger-flavored stuffing mix was next. Wasn't our favorite, but Kroger's chicken-flavored stuffing mix put up a good fight. The Better Bite Pepperidge Farm Herb Season Classic Stuffing. The bring-your-own-chunks-of-celery added a crunch to our tasters enjoyed, which made it stand out amongst his peers. Um, a little bit of sweetness, rosemary, and thyme, which she enjoyed. That's the silver medal. Um, the buttery bonanza stovetop traditional sage, uh, but, um, it's often said we eat with our eyes first and the stovetop traditional stage stuffing was far and away the most visually appealing. Tasters appreciated that there was a decent crunch in each bite, but were most impressed by its seasoning. And then the winner and the aromatic favorite stovetop savory herb, <laughs> as you put it. Yeah. Herbs. Unsurprisingly, um, the winning stuffing blew most of its competition out of the water. It was a flavor bomb of comforting herby notes. While it was well-seasoned, it wasn't so salty that you'll be diving for your water glass. So, yeah, stovetop. Still the winner. No wonder I this sells 60 And they're so fucking cheap, too. It's like two bucks a box. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had it. Well, I bought it. I usually buy the turkey or chicken, but this year I bought the savory herb just to try it. Herb. Now you can't not say it that way. Herbs. Yes. But, um, yeah, I also went on Stovetop's website, 
and they have like a whole list of uh, things you could do with stuffing. <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner, main dishes, side sides and appetizers, and breakfast brunch. All with stovetop. Well, eventually you can put it on your hoagie with your uh, turkey and cranberry And make sauce. a gobbler. Yeah, and then you go into a coma. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so good, though. Harvest cornbread stuffing, bacon, pear, and walnut stuffing, st uh, cranberry cornbread stuff. Like, there's so many recipes. So that's on uh, myfoodandfamily.com slash brand slash stovetop. <laughs> that's the craft website, Craft Heinz. So, yeah, there's a few. There's traditional sage. There's lower sodium chicken. There's savory herb. There's pork. There's chicken, turkey, cornbread, and um, then the bigger boxes, uh, the, the chicken canister. It seems like chicken's their top seller. Mm. And the turkey club pack, six boxes in that pack. But uh, yeah, stovetop stuffing, I'm thankful for it. It's what I will be making. I asked if uh, Lost in the Hedge Fox World... Oh, you have a great day. Yeah, I asked. I was like, "Should I make what?" I was like, "What should I make from scratch? What should I box?" And the definite boxed was stuffing stovetop, please. So it, it, it it's reasonable. It's the way to go because it is a, kind of a mess to make. And and you can make stovetop in five fucking minutes. Yeah. All right. So I my stuffing. I'll make my stuffing. I'll prep it the night before and let it rest. Man, I just throw it in the oven. And there's recipes it is, it's, it's on this a pain in the ass. site squeezer to make the sausage. You use stovetop as your easy base, and then you mix the, the better ingredients oh, in with it. Okay. Ah, sausage. Yeah. So that's an, that's an option if you ever wanted to save some time. Use stovetop. Hmm. I'll consider it. Roast turkey with sausage stuffing. <coughs> Herb sausage stuffing. Here's one. It's um, half cup of butter. <laughs> Four links Oscar Mayer natural uncured Italian style herb sausage. Of course, they have to sell the crap. Yeah, they got to use the brand, yeah. yeah. One onion chopped, two stalks celery chopped, one package stovetop signature classic stuffing mix, one cup dried apricots chopped, one cup chopped Italian parsley, one quarter chopped fresh sage, two eggs, two cups fat-free reduced sodium chicken broth. Mm. So it's just like a, a shortcut to make what you make. I would see, I, I get the recipe from my, uh, uh, my stepdad. So mm -hmm. I got to do some math and kind of pare it down because they make enough for like 30 people. Mm. So it's like one and a half pounds sausage. Oh, this one pound of mushrooms, a large loaf of white bread. <laughs> Ugh, mushroom! You put mushrooms in it? Yeah. Ugh, well, you they, eat that? I, 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 I dice them up so fine, and then I take the rest and then uh, saute them up. Some Mrs. Squeezer has a little side. This she would like some mushrooms. This is um, mushrooms are gross. Nicest website. It 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 has um, a servings calculator on it. So you put how many servings you need, and it adjusts the the recipe right there for you. And then times two, because servings are just absurd. So, like, you want to do 20 servings, it, it has you... 
Uh, what's this website? It's the myfoodandfamily.com, the Kraft Heinz site. And then it's just, you pick your brand and you go to stovetop and then recipes. Oh, look at that. Ooh. Oh, I should do this as a little dessert. The girls will love it. Which one? I didn't even think about it. They had uh, no oven peanut butter squares, which I am a big fan of. Hmm. Oh, they're so good. Oh, is this on the, the family? I just saw it right on the top, yeah. They used to give it, when these were, you know how, like, you'd go down at, like, lunch and, like, you'd see, like, the dessert at the end of the mm-hmm. end of the counter? And if you saw these, oh, it was going to be a good day. Um... Well, there you go. See, myfoodandfamily.com looks like they have a lot of recipes. It's like the craft uh, holiday recipes I talked about last year. And mm-hmm. celebrate the season with craft. It's like that and now is a website. <laughs> nice. Um, and I think we all grew up with uh, uh, stovetop stuffing in our house. And anytime stuffing was made in my house, it was stovetop. I think my grandparents, my grandmother always made it, but I didn't, I didn't like it as a kid. No, neither did I. Stuffing? Me neither. Stuffing in general. I did not like it. Neither did I, but now I love it. Yeah. You, your palate matures, Squeezer. It it does. Yes. All right. Here is your second pick. There's so much to be thankful for. If it's just the, the game in itself, the soundtrack. Was that No Mercy? Uh, that's No Mercy, of course it is. But particularly, I'm looking at going down the creator wrestler path. And I realized like, a lot of my picks had everything to do with like some kind of ability to create or modify or change. And that's what gave this game like it's it's life like it's a great game and it might be it I still argue it's the best wrestling game ever. Have um, you played the mod of it yet? I have not. No. It is really cool. It's all classic golden age WWF superstars. Mm. Done really well. It's all modded no mercy. Oh, that sounds fun. I mean, that's kind of like what I did. I built, you know, like I made Hogan, I made Macho Man. Um, and then I, I went through and like my favorite roster, I went back in the uh, uh, the roster of NES Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, King Slender, Puma Man, King Corn Karn, Hayabusa, Starman, Amazon, all those guys. I made them full Backstories, movies. I think sets, everybody did like, that. That's like all I ever saw on fucking the internet. People making. Ah, uh, they were the. I, I mine were the best though. Huh? Um, Bold. Yeah. Oh no. And add in the fact. Well, it, it's because if you went on the No Mercy forum, I shared all my uh, my builds. So that was you then sharing it all. It might have been me, because <coughs> that, that's the other thing that it gave me was it was I I was never big into. 
I didn't go into chat rooms, forums, really any of that stuff until um, I got really big into like the No Mercy, you know, create a wrestler stuff. That and mixed with the Game Genie uh, hacks that you could do, like basically use it to mod the game to create moves. It was uh, Game Shark. Game Shark. Sorry. Yes, Game Shark. Hmm. Um, but that's what got me into that. And I'm like, I would just go on this forum all the time. And eventually I'm like, oh, man, I need to uh, – I got to make a request. So I created an account, joined in. I'm like, oh, do you have ideas for this guy? And then I would you know, then post my own. And eventually that was like the one place like I became a very active member. Like I lived on this message board for the longest time. Okay. Both the creative wrestler site and then also like just wrestling talk. Uh, just, you know. Talking pro. This was probably you know. Wow, when did when when was that? Two thousand. So yeah, it was. Uh, probably in the mid, mid to late of my wrestling. Um, I tapered off at like two thousand six, but yeah, the amount of time, the amount, I of, gameplay I got out of it because of that. Like I was saying, it was one of the best wrestling games ever. And it, that's the case even without the Create a Wrestler. What the Create a Wrestler added in was the ability to, like, change the game and, like, just give you just, like, a, a palette, the tools to create something. And for someone that can't draw, like, I'm like, oh, I can't draw a wrestler, but I can make him in the Create a Wrestler. And then to go into details and the movesets. And, you know, uh, now it's almost commonplace to be able to just make your own character in any game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh... This was, uh, I loved it back then. And, I mean, I would just spend hours, like, I wouldn't even play the game. I would just make characters. It was fun. And then also through the form, like, taking, then you'd be that guy that would take requests and just sit there and just work out the minutia of, uh, you know, different you, you body parts. and You couldn't share, you had to, like, share exactly, like, what all the things you did, the instructions. You You couldn't, like, upload the creation then and have them download it. Yeah, no, no, there's none of that. And yeah. like now, and then there's some games now where they can even just give you like a code. Like you, you enter all like the, uh, who does it? Mass Effect does this. There's a game where it's like you build your character and like, oh, that's what they look like. And then it, based on all the information entered that what they look like, it gives you like a 20 some digit code that is, you know, particular to those exact settings. So if you want to share that, you would just share that code and you type that in and boom, your character looks like that character. With this, though, like you would go through and just list like every characteristic that uh, um, they have, like each individual, you know, thing. And then you, you know, adjust it to that setting. And of course, you know, my printers on the other side or the computers on the other side of the room. So you'd have to go through and then print it out. Mm-hmm. And so I would have like folders, fold, like stacks of papers of this stuff. Like I had a filing cabinet dedicated uh, just for my, uh, uh, yeah, my creator wrestlers. It was a thing. I was, it was a moderately healthy obsession as opposed to all my unhealthy ones I have. <coughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I'm thankful for it too. 
Okay, let's dial up my third thankful thing. Here it is. Some of you believe your system is the most advanced in the universe. Let's review the numbers. Sega Genesis is 16 bits. 3DO is 32 bits. The Atari Jaguar is 64 bits. Which is more advanced? Clifford! Hmm? 16 and 32 are less than 64. So with 64-bits, 3D graphics, real-world animation, and lightning speed that you can only get with Jaguar, which is more advanced? Clifford! Can you repeat the question? Jaguar! 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 Do the math, Squeezer. Back then, we were growing up as all about the bits. Mm -hmm. Released um, 30 years ago to this day, Squeezer. Whoa. Well, technically tomorrow, but by the time this is released, it'll be the 23rd. So November yeah. 23rd, 1993, in North America, Atari made its last-ditch effort at the home <laughs> console market with its 64-bit Jaguar console. I wanted this thing, and it's fucking number pad controller so fucking bad. That made that makes the Xbox the original Xbox controller look small. Right. Originally, they had two projects going at once: a 32-bit project called Atari Panther and the 64-bit called Jaguar. Jaguar started doing better, so they canceled Panther, and the Jaguar was released. Um. It was competing with the 16-bit Sega Genesis and the Super NES. There was also the 32-bit 3DO interactive multiplayer by Panasonic, I believe. Ooh. Um, this was powered by two custom 32-bit processors. Tom and Jerry were their, their names. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, oh, it's a... Sorry, the 3DO. That's the, that was the Panasonic? Yeah. Not, not. Okay. I'm, I'm not talking. About, I'm talking about the Jaguar. The 3DO was the Panasonic that was also. Out. No, no. You mentioned like Panasonic made a system. I didn't realize that was Panasonic behind that. Yes. Um, the I think I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think Panasonic just licensed it and made it made it. I think 3DO was its own thing, and anyone could make it. Okay. Um, but Panasonic licensed it, and like just like a a VCR. Panasonic put out VCR VHS players, you know. Oh, yeah, it was developed by the 3DO company. Panasonic. Yeah, there's yeah. Um So they're marketed as Atari's the world's first 64-bit system and it launched with Cybermorph, the packing game, uh which received design divisive reviews. Um it ultimately had 50 licensed games in it. It's the it's it's life cycle, didn't do too well at all. Um, it uh, so Atari made the made the you know twenty six hundred and a couple of consoles, and then the video game crash happened, and Atari shifted its focus back to computers, and then in the early nineties they shifted back from computers to systems, um, making wanting to make the either the Panther or the Jaguar. Uh, they ex attempted a, a Jaguar CD add-on with 13 additional games. Uh, they sold it cheap. It was, I think, $250 at launch. Uh, but then once this was at the cusp of 94, a year later, the Sega Saturn and PlayStation would come out. I mean, the Saturn, saying the Saturn came out doesn't mean anything. The PlayStation came yeah. out. And yeah, 
that was the nail in the coffin. It sold, um, I think, 150,000 units before it was discontinued in 96. And the 3DO, no one had that, but that sold a million units. Wow. Yeah. I, I, did you know anyone that actually owned it? The Jaguar? Uh, the 3DO. No, neither. Or I Jaguar, think yeah, some no. people bought Jaguar was like super like discounted at KB. Mm-hmm. But um, like it just entered the market at the wrong time. Like people were still content with. Well, it was all about games, and Nintendo knows that. Yeah, that's why Nintendo yeah. puts out like an inferior technology system because it doesn't need to sell uh, the system; it sells the games. Now, one hundred fifty thousand units. And the Sega Saturn was also flop. How many units do you think the Sega Saturn sold without looking? Uh, say so I'm gonna go with like 1.2 million. 9.26 million. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what a flop. Oh, that's a flop. Because I've seen one in existence. Like I've had it in my hand. I've played it. Yeah. So did I. I, I. I wanted a Saturn. I know it exists. It's not the USS Flag. Yeah, I remember playing at, at Toys R Us and playing Virtual Fighter and being like, oh, I want one of these. Now, how many PlayStation 1s do you think were sold? This is the difference between a flop and not a flop. I'll just tell you, 102.49 million. Jesus Christ. I was one of them. Um, I never, I got, Lisa got one, uh, but I never had technically a PlayStation. Now, I had the Nintendo 64, uh, because I was a Nintendo kid till I died. And that sold... Uh, you're still alive. Yeah, I'm, it's still Nintendo. Oh, but you said it in like the past tense. Until I, was... oh, I die. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Until I, okay. I die, not until I die. Um, it sold... The Nintendo 64 only sold 32.93 million units, but it's still pretty successful. Not like PlayStation successful. Um... The GameCube, however, which I also had, only sold 21.74 million units. But then they really... Oh, such a good system. GameCube's great. But they realized their mistakes and uh, shipped 101.63 million Wiis. Not as many PlayStation 1s, but PlayStation 1s had different iterations. But 101... Sorry. Uh, the Wii U was a failure. Not, I don't know what they're doing with the Wii U. Yeah, but Sony also, they, PlayStation had the fact that they marketed it well to other people. Like, look, it's a cheap DVD player too. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That. So Wii U sold thirteen point five six million, and then we get to Nintendo Switch, hundred and thirty two point four six million Switches sold. Wow. That is a successful console. I think it's one of the most successful. I think I don't know. I could tell you what the PlayStation 2, 3, and 4 sold and 5. PlayStation 2 sold 155. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> 155 million. <laughs> so that's even more. PlayStation 3, probably even more than that. Oh no, it dropped 87.4 million. PlayStation 4, 106 million. And PlayStation 5. 46.6 million as of the end of September this year. Hmm. So, 
I think the 3DS or the Game Boy is the best-selling system of all time. The, the, the 3DS in particular, or just the... Game Boy is 118.69 million units. And Nintendo 3DS is... Oh, no, it's only 75.94 million. Hmm. Hmm. Weird, these things. But the Jaguar was like the what every kid in the block wanted until you realized it was crap. And it had no games. Yeah. Did you ever play one? I've never. Yeah, have I? But I wanted it, and I'm thankful it exists, Squeezer. And yeah. I just it came out since it came out 30 years ago today. Um, its best-selling game was Alien vs. Predator, which is actually, from everything I read, a pretty good port, a pretty good game. Well, that's saying something if they can make a. And they did decent ports of Wolfenstein 3D and Doom and Tempest, but. Um, its most successful title was Alien vs. Predator. And, uh, yeah. It's, uh, the, the Jaguar with its weird controller and, uh, weird commercials. Do the math. There was a VR headset planned that never came out. The CD did come out. Um, a VR headset back then? Yeah. It was probably just like the Virtual Boy. Yeah. Uh, Because putting like small art. I mean, man, remember how crappy the Game Gear screen was? Imagine if you used screens in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not have been that good. Um, Okay. That's um, mine. Here's your third pick. Jason, how hard that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, particularly, uh, so it, it, it was kind of like an inside joke on them that they were doing stop motion animation with the construction paper of themselves, which is how the pilot was shot. Mm-hmm. It took them three months. And that was everyone <clears throat> like, was like, oh, yeah, they made it all with uh, construction paper I'm like the pilot was. And then after the pilot, when they got picked up, then they basically, they scanned everything in, and then uh, they did it all in, on those fancy computers. I believe 3D Studio Max. Res- I, thought was, uh, I thought it was uh, After Effects. Oh, this would have been 96, Yeah, After Effects was that then. I think there is. I think they're using 3D Studio Max. Oh yeah, no matter. I read it. I. I mean, that's just what I read. But maybe. Autodesk Maya I, I, Maya, uh, Maya. That's what they oh, okay. they use now, I guess. Hmm. 
Um, <clears throat> so I was thinking, like, what am I thankful for? And then I'm like, well, I got to think of some kind of like a little Thanksgiving thing just to tie it in a little bit, right? Um, one second, picking up. Uh... Um, and I'm like, what am I doing at Thanksgiving? And like the thought of Thanksgiving always goes back to like me with the little pilgrim hat with a buckle on it made out of construction paper. Mm. I'm like, you know what? I'm thankful for that, but not just specifically that. Like, what what if I was uh, to dress up as an engine, as my grandfather would say? Um, we like to call them indigenous people now. And, um, or some people do. Some still like to call them engines. Um, and I was, you know, thinking like, oh, it's construction paper. It's all about the construction paper. And it's another pick of me getting to build little things. All I want to do is just build stuff, I guess. Um, and, yeah, you would do – you could do your can, your little turkeys where you would trace it and cut it out. Or you can make little crinkle turkeys where you kind of fold it up or, like, make little loopy loops to make their little feathers, you know? Or you make your pilgrim hat with a little buckle. Or you make your little uh, your little headdress. You know, or you go all out like I did when you had to make uh, like your building or whatever one day, and like uh, some kid makes things out of popsicle sticks, and I literally make a a castle out of construction paper with a working drawbridge and a functioning alligator with jaws, where if he pulled his tail, his mouth would go up and down. That was my crowning achievement. That's pretty cool. That was first grade. I was pretty proud of myself. But yeah, and I still do. And I was thinking too, because my kids now they like they go through reams of it, and they do their little thankful turkeys and stuff like that, where you put what you're thankful for on the feather, you know, and you can make it all kinds of different colors. And I just have fun with construction paper. Forgot how fragile it was, though. It is some. It can be. It, it tears be. easily. Yeah, well, which is sense. nice because you're less likely to get paper cuts. I'm a fan of. And let's not all forget the uh, construction paper chain. Yeah, you can't forget that. That's you that's gotta, Christmas you decorations. You love construction paper chains. Red and green Christmas decorations. Yeah, true. You can do it. I always, like, you definitely do it for Christmas. But I always felt like Thanksgiving was like the, the busiest of like the decorate the kid decorate with uh construction paper kind of holiday because it might have been at the time you like you could always go and get christmas decorations Mm -hmm. but like there wasn't a whole lot of thanksgiving decorations so you gave a little more leeway right like you had the turkey with like the little uh uh, puffy fold out uh crinkle paper kind of thing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but other than that, it's like it was acceptable to have a shitty kid's uh, construction paper uh, decoration as your centerpiece at Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, look how cute it is. It's great. You know, meanwhile, there's like gravy getting spilled on it and it's ruined and it just gets thrown away. And like, where's my centerpiece? And like, oh, and Bethany took it home with her. She liked it so much. So then you keep making more and more of them for everyone else to take home. And then they're laden with that burden. It, quite the burden. But um, a fun time nonetheless. Had by all. Had fun time had by all. 
Um, all right, we are cooking, and uh, here is my next pick. Where is my volume? Here it is. So I'm talking the 1986, the 60th annual Thanksgiving, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now, uh, the Purple Stuff podcast, I know Jack and um, Jay of uh, Sludge Central did this as their topic this for this month's uh, and they they dissected a few parts of it, and that with that, so I went back and watched it, and I remember the Dolph Lundgren He Man um, part, but uh, I pulled from YouTube the full show to scrub through, and as Pat Sajak was hosting of Wheel of Fortune fame, and of course the Twin Tower shots, which uh, the, now the, this this version I pulled, the guy left the commercials in it. And uh, I'll try to link to him on our website if I remember. But he, ge nice, generous guy uploaded the whole show. And um, there's some cool parts. There was the He-Man float. It was the second year they did it, and it was massive. And Dolph Lundgren, who was supposed to star that summer in the um, uh, He-Man movie, the following summer, was, Hey, Pat, how are you? And here is He-Man making his float parade. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's not Arnold, but... Um, <clears throat> There's uh, the creepy balloons are plenty. Uh, there's the, they show some history, which I went and pulled history. Do I have that? CNN had a whole article on the history of, but I have so many goddamn tabs open, Squeezer. <laughs> I don't know if I kept it on some historic Macy's. Because what better than to just read the website to you guys? Right? Well, you can't do it on your own. No. Uh, well, I had it, and I must have closed it. But... I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, B-Man78 is the uploader on YouTube. Um, B-Man78. That's the one that Purple Stuff uses. And listen to the Purple Stuff podcast episode on this. It's the latest episode. They do a better job describing the best scenes and the best commercials. Uh, the scary cabbage patch scene. Uh, this, of course, Tom Turkey comes through and Santa Claus. There's a McDonald's marching band. There's uh, Raggedy Ann and Andy balloons. There's a little message from the president. Uh, the chipmunks are, do their song from the chipmunks movie here. And half balloon. They call it a balloon. A falloon. Half float, half balloon. <laughs> They're doing that. With the girls of rock and roll. This morning they are held in baskets suspended underneath a hot air balloon also along to share the fun. Their the, the costumes they're wearing are very strange. The chipettes and the chipmunks. But we've discussed this movie at nauseam. It's one of my faves. Mm -hmm. Chipmunk Adventures. 
Let me fast forward a bit, see uh, the balloon. Yeah, Alvin's supposed to be up on a hot air balloon. Because remember when they're doing, uh, they're flying around in hot air balloons, like dropping dolls that have diamonds and money in them. They're basically oh, money yeah. laundering for the people. Yeah. A lot of cool floats. Superman balloon. Riding in front of Stutz Bearcat. We saw first baseman Keith Hernandez with his kids. And atop the apple itself, Lee Mazzilli and Mookie Wilson. No high five, guys. Happy Thanksgiving and congratulations again, fellas. Oh, it was right after the Mets won the World Series, right? 86, yeah. So, boo. Yes, boo. Boo earns. Boo earns. Uh, but yeah, that's, um, I don't know. I mean, I can't do this justice like Matt and Jay did because they just, they probably sat through the whole parade and I couldn't, I wasn't prepared to watch <laughs> three hours of this, but you can, and then report back. Tell me what you thought. <laughs> Not you, Squeezer, <laughs> the, the listeners. Oh, okay. Here is your next pick. Son, there's something I was going to give you at the end of this trip, but. Since we may not survive, I want you to have it now. <gasps> a real Swiss Army knife. Cool. I stole it from that Ford nine. <laughs> Don't worry, kids. I'll take care of him with my trusty. Uh. Uh. Um. Uh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. So. Uh, Swiss, I was looking for a MacGyver clip, but fucking Paramount, they locked that down. They, they just, like, you know, purged the internet of everything MacGyver. Why? Uh, so you would have to go and buy it or get the, the subscription. What a bunch of assholes. Yeah. What the hell? Anywho. Um, yeah, as a kid, like, and I was, I was a Boy Scout. I was... Probably a wee below when I, I got my my first uh, uh, Swiss Army knife, and I remember it was I want to go. It was the Huntsman, so I was trying to narrow it down. I was going through trying to figure out which model I had, and um, it came with it was a medium size to the smaller size, so it wasn't the tiniest ones, um, but it wasn't too bulky because you know me, I don't like to have too many things in my pockets, mm-hmm. um, like a wallet. Like a wallet, yes. I just uh, can't stand it. Uh, but it had uh, like an awl, like a very spiky thing, good for like, and it's definitely you know what it's for, because that's the one that flips up in the middle and sticks straight out. They don't tell you this, but you're supposed to pop that up and then grip it in your finger and then punch someone in the eye with that thing. That's what it's for. Or kill wig, also, uh, kick, kill a wig salesman with it. Or you could kill a wig salesman. Yeah, just wish him shut the fuck up. <laughs> um. Or you can also, the corkscrew would, you know, do the same thing at that point. And add that little hooky thing. I don't know what the hook was supposed to be for. Um, I never got that. What was it? I'm looking. Reamer, punchers. That, so that, the, the stabby thing is the reamer, puncher, and sewing awl. Uh, and then, oh, a multi-purpose hook. Okay, you need a hook. That, that, that's you need a hook, um, and add the key ring. You know, in case you went on your keys, it was a little too big to have on your key ring, though. Right. Um, it had a small blade, um, which was always very sharp because the big one would get dull quick from cutting dumb shit. It had a toothpick that slid in the side, the little like 
that was the little discolored it was like a, a now i think it's silver um but it was like a gray, uh, a beige little plastic piece you could pop out and lose but it was also a toothpick yeah uh what else you have oh yeah that <clears> toothpick <throat> uh, it had was a can cool. opener yeah which was a bitch to use but didn't it have like tweezers uh, on one side and the toothpick in the other side um like that was that's oh, a model up okay yeah, that, I I think I had one of those as well uh, later on, but yeah, the, the initial one just I just had the the toothpick. But yes, the, those tweezers actually came in handy. Um, oh no, this one says it has tweezers. No shit, call me a liar. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was that same one then. I don't remember. Huh. Um, yeah, you got the can opener, which if you ever opened up a can with uh. Like a traditional old school, old timey can opener, uh, it sucks. <laughs> it really, sucks. especially those big number ten cans. Not like a little can of the green beans, but like the big, like gallon ones that you have to like feed a group of twenty with. Mm. Um, nope. Yep. No corkscrew or uh, a screwdriver, a three millimeter screwdriver, uh, uh, flathead. Uh, a corkscrew, because you know, for uh, uh, you know, all those bottles of wine, you know, I was drinking in Boy Scouts. Yeah. Tweezers, bottle opener definitely comes in handy. Um, uh, Phillips head uh, screwdriver. Is that for Phillips head? Where was it? Yeah, Phillips head screwdriver. Uh, uh, a wire stripper. Where the hell's the wire stripper? I didn't know where that was. It was probably built into something that I didn't realize that that's what it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, scissors. Those scissors were sharp as shit. Um, the large blade. That's the one that dulled pretty quick from cutting rocks. And then the wood saw, which that's the one that uh, it has just the, the little serrated teeth on this thing. And if you wanted to cut wood, uh, good luck with that because it's just a short little blade. Like it's not going to do much. But if you want to have that thing open and get it caught on your pants or your arm and just kind of tear at your clothes and your flesh, it was awesome at that. It would really f you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sharp. Uh, but yeah, I <coughs> love this little knife. Uh, I adored it. And now I- I'm at a point where I'm not too crazy with uh, having gadgets and gizmos aplenty. Um, I do like my who's its and what's its galore. Um, <laughs> this is two weeks in a row you did this. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all that my life is right now is uh, damn the, the fucking second worst princess on the planet. I watch it all the time. Who's the worst? Um, Aurora. She just sleeps. Who's the Aurora? Time. Uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, okay. Yeah, she just sleeps <clears throat> the whole time. I doubt Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ariel just doesn't listen to her dad and, you know, causes all the fucking problems and, like, you know, basically sells her soul for a guy, which I'm trying to, like, like, hey, this is not a good example of, uh, you know, go with the one with the frying pan. She can hold her own. You know, Mulan, you know, runs an army, you know, like, but no. They like the one that doesn't listen, of course. Do they like the one with Stockholm Syndrome? Uh, which one's Stockholm Syndrome? Belle? Oh, Bell, yeah, Dad's a fan of Bell. Just you know, yeah, they 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 do like her. Yeah, it really is Stockholm syndrome. The, the the it comes with some initial bravery. Like, no, I will take my father's place. Here, sick dying man, go and be home and die in your bed in six months, and I will live in a cave, 
uh, for the rest of my life. Wait, uh, she takes her father's place on a, of what? Yeah, because he gets captured and she finds him and offers herself up to the beast. Um, I'm I'm sure there's some deep seated um, sexual fantasy there. Like this is her opportunity to cast her father out, and she can you know she finally has her beast of a man. <laughs> huh. It's Disney, it's, so I isn't it be all based on um like fairy tales, like very loosely. If you go back and read those, like it's like way off. Yeah, well, they're all yeah. sick and disgusting. Yeah, and yeah. people are dying and learning their lesson. Yeah. Uh, usually the parents. Horrible, horrible deaths. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my... I'm very huntful, uh, thankful for my Huntsman knife. And I was just on Victorinox just going through and, you know. Now, at the same time, I do... I Now I prefer just a simple blade or... I prefer a fixed blade, if anything, because, you know, it's more reliable. But, uh, yeah. I also had... I got one from my grandfather, too, which is a, this giant, clunky... Swiss, you called it anything that had gadgets that came out of it. A Swiss Army knife uh, became ubiqu- ubiquitous uh, with it. Uh, but this one had it had a fork and a spoon on the side, which made it pretty unwieldy to use for mm. anything, except you you know had a a fork and spoon that could come out with a knife and gadgets inside. Yeah. It was it was good like having like the backup uh, in the in the um, uh, mess uh, Chuck cabinet yeah Chuck cabinet yeah the old Chuck cabinet all right uh, we are on my final pick a movie we just watched uh, I think this weekend the Sunday. They have nothing in common, except the next 72 hours. Stick with me. Do you feel this vehicle is safe for highway travel? Yes, I do. Steve Martin. Where's your other hand? John Candy. Between two pillows. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Those aren't pillows. (laughs) My dogs are barking. I fucking love this movie. This is the Thanksgiving movie in my mind. Um... The movie starts the Monday. It's the Monday before Thanksgiving. He's in, Steve Martin's in uh, New York. And he's got to get to Chicago to see his wife. Because I'm in Chicago. There's a lot of like weird scenes. Like um, Cutaways with its own interlude song. Of his wife like forlorning for him. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's John Hughes directed this movie. So of course you're going to get that. Um, And... um, yeah, it's it's just a uh, they literally take planes, trains, and automobiles um, to get uh, to get home. And something, so I look, I was looking up this movie, how far it is from St. Louis to uh, Chicago. It's a four and a half hour drive. Yet <laughs> they're only halfway through the movie in St. Louis, and um, that so that was pissing me off this time I watched it. But Neil and Del, uh, their escapades love it um there's a lot of people in this movie kevin bacon's has a small part in the beginning racing for a taxi dylan baker plays the hillbilly 
uh, nephew of the one guy Dell knows who they drive in the back of the, which is a great funny throwaway line when they're back at the pickup. And um, he said, Neil leaves his gloves in the room and he's like, oh, I'm just on a flight. I don't need, I don't need him. Can you get him? So his hands are cold and there's, there's, he goes to get gloves and this dog comes out and starts barking at him. And then uh, John Candy's dog goes, give him the goddamn gloves. It's fucking <laughs> hysterical. Uh, Martin Ferrero uh, is a, a hotel clerk who takes the watch. Uh, he's sitting down, but he's not eaten by a T-Rex off the can. Um, he, you know, he's Gennaro. from mm -hmm. yeah okay i'm uh, nodding oh uh math little matthew lawrence plays neil's son little neil uh larry hankin who's the cop in home alone who you know when they call and he answers the phone he's child protect that goes to the woman uh, no one's here yeah no um no not not him the kid guy who answers and uh, he's also in like oh, seinfeld and yeah. stuff he plays doobie the taxi driver um Edie McClurg is the car rental agent. She's like when he goes, I need a fucking car fucking now. Um and she's like, Do you have your rental agreement? And he's like, I threw it away. And she goes, Well, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh Michael McKeon plays the state trooper. Sir, do you think this car is fit for driving on the road? Y yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I really do. Um Yeah, there's a lot of um a lot of good uh, actors and actresses. It's a fun movie. Uh, uh, Neil's a fucking asshole. Poor Dell. <laughs> so it's spoilers. Dell keeps talking about his wife, and um, she's dead. And there's the one scene where he's the he sets the car on fire, and he realizes he put Neil realizes he put it on his credit card, and he's sitting outside the hotel in the um, in the car in the snow, and he's talking to his dead wife. It's really heartbreaking when you know it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, and then Neil realizes that he puts it all together at the end that he doesn't have a family and he brings him home with him to meet his family. Aww. Yeah. So good movie. Great Thanksgiving movie. Really funny. Um, I suggest giving a watch on Candy's probably at one of his best roles. Not yeah. who's Harry Crumb, but one of his best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here is Squeezer's last pet. Ah, ah, hey, hello and welcome to Talk Soup, everyone. <laughs> hey, no, you're not in some kind of mid-80s time warp. I'm everyone's favorite alien life form. I'm Regis Philbin. <laughs> See, it says it right there. Say you can't believe everything you read on TV. No, I'm Alf, and I'll be your host for the day. Now, you might be wondering what I've been doing for the past decade or so. I'll tell you what. I've been breeding boneless, free-range kittens and playing cards <laughs> with the cast from Valerie's family. <laughs> nice audience here. Thank you. Courtesy laugh. Courtesy laugh. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm ready for a comeback. So join me on the road back to greatness, or at least cable mediocrity. Ah, <laughs> uh, that makes me so happy. And thankful. I am thankful for any time that you can squeeze Alf on TV for no real good reason whatsoever. Yeah, he was I'll in that Radio Shack commercial not too long ago. Yeah. Um, Radio Shack commercials going back to the 10-10-2-20 oh, ones. 10-10-2-20 um, is going back even further. That was yeah, like the collect calling, right? Yeah. Um, 
When when were those? That was 2002. Jeez. Uh, yeah, the talk soup was from like the late 90s. That uh, was before uh, Joel McHale, I think, took it over. Um, and then, of course, he had Alf's hit talk show. That lasted for a couple hours. Um, and then he would make like TV appearances. Good Morning America. I, I never really watched Mr. Robot, but I did have to watch that episode with like the dream flashback. That's like starring Alf, basically. That was the hacker show that uh, Rami, what's his name, Malik is in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never watched it, but I did watch that episode. Uh, uh, but yeah, anytime Alf could pop up, and you know, I, I don't care if he's like just, you know, hawking a product or selling anything. I just I want, I want Alf. We're just on as a guest appearance on like, hey, we, we need someone to come on. Now here's a late night guest. We got Alf. Um, it just now it brings a little smile to my face. That and the fact that you play it up that it's not if the host does it right, and Alf is Alf. You got to suspend this belief and believe he's real. Yes, it's not Paul Fusco. Yeah. It's Alf. Yes. Um, and but and and even now, like he's still he's still uh, selling stuff. And it, the the genius behind it is too, like it's the joke that like Alf would just come on and just do commercials, which is pretty much. What he's doing now, because Ryan Reynolds went and basically got Alf to be, he's creating content in commercials. So he's hawking all his stuff doing Alf commercials. <clears throat> like, so his, Alf's doing all these nice Mint Mobile ads. Mm -hmm. and, well, Ryan Reynolds owns a marketing company, too. Yes. So that's probably where it all it's came from. Maximum, uh, maximum, moment, maximum effort. Mo maximum effort. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's basically that channel and he's selling like yeah, his mint mobile, which he has a share in. He's doing ring commercials, Fubo TV, all that, all that shit, but it's worth watching. Like, I just want to watch commercials because it's Alf just doing Alf things. He's talking about cutting the cord, uh, for his Fubo TV. And he's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, well, I just wanted to be sure. So I cut the TV, I cut the fridge, I wasn't sure, so I cut the garden hose. <laughs> and it's this Alf with a pair, and it's a classic Alf. He's like, Alf, what are you doing with those scissors? What scissors? As he's just holding a pair of scissors in his hand. Um, and yeah, cutting the cord. It's, uh, I, don't cut the cord, folks. Um. Is Alf streaming anywhere? I know they just released a huge set for the dvd that came with the vinyl or like a seven inch vinyl record um like a piece of the planet melmac it was from shout factory yeah uh it is it's on um oh it's youtube you can get it on youtube but it's also uh what the fuck uh yeah shout factory well shout studios i guess uh it's a streaming... it's on peacock youtube uh amazon prime it says but the uh, the shout just uh, hold on the Alf box. Uh, I almost bought it. It was like two hundred and thirty dollars. But I was yeah, like, you know I what? Justify. I did two hundred thirty four. It came with an Alf lunchbox, like a red plastic one from we were kids. A seven inch Alf record, an Alf pin set, a piece of the Planet Melmac, uh, an Alf print, um, and an Alf hologram sticker. And the box set not only has every episode of Alf. But every like cartoon, everything. 
That's beautiful. And there's Alf on Alf commentary on the the features, which commentary featuring Alf and Tom Patrick for select episodes. Nice. Um. Yeah, so I guess uh, he's also it's all on uh, Shout TV as well, and because uh, I was looking uh, Shout TV, they're also home for uh, MST3K, and they're all set up for they're they're doing a whole. Uh, <laughs> So this is great. Some someone Thanksgiving in the uh, marathon. Oh, they are. Yeah. Nice. Um, someone wrote Michael Ovangelo. Shout factor, you're killing me. DVD, where's the Blu-ray? The collection looks amazing. The vinyl, the poster. I want to go to eBay and hunt for the 1988 Burger King Alf puppets. Awesome, but why not Blu-ray? And shout goes out. Alf was shot on videotape in SD. There can be no true HD version of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, at least they're being honest with you. Because mm. they could have just put one out there and, hey, it's on Blu-ray. It looks exactly the fucking same. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm thankful for Alf. Yeah, I kind of want this. I don't want all the gimmicks, but I might get the DVD set. It's 85 bucks, just for, like, everything. Posterity's sake. Yeah, I know. I don't even know if I have a way to watch it. It's got all the ALF animated series and ALF Tales on it. Oh. Yeah. ALF Tales. It also has Project ALF, the 96 movie. Oh, I somewhere I still have that on VHS. I taped it off of uh, ABC when it aired. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is... this. Uh, I don't. I don't have any way to watch it, but <laughs> I want it. I, I do love God that Alf vinyl is so great though because it's got like the Mark Knopfler Dire Straits like headband thing going on. Yeah, but it's a seven inch, and there's only one song on each side squeezer. And I it's, know, but I'm looking just I'm looking at it. Two hundred and thirty-five dollars. I think you should buy to it. Look at it. I sh- no. I'm already going to be dropping that and more to complete my uh, Westworld sec- uh, collection. So. But what you you have a piece of the Planet Melmac squeezer? I I got one. <laughs> I was there. Twenty five discs. This package is. Wow, it's a lot of Alf. It's a lot of Alf. Just just so you can watch the whole thing and then get to the last episode and be like, oh, that's a bummer. All right. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. Um, anything else on Thanksgiving? Uh no no and I was because I was kind of gonna go with I was thankful for like TV marathons on holidays and then that got me to the MST3K thing which led me back to Alf and I'm I'm still more thankful for Alf but yeah, yeah. I really I think we need to write in and convince Squeezer to drop two hundred thirty five to get the little seven inch vinyl <laughs> I almost I was I had a few beers in me the other night I was ready to pull the trigger and I'm like Ryan what are you doing oh. don't buy this don't buy this what? Just so you can get it, have it show up at your desk, and as I'm looking around the corner, and just drop it on the floor. <laughs> yeah, do not buy this. <laughs> so dismissively, just yeah, new vinyl, plop. Yeah. No, I mean the whole. I was gonna buy the whole set. Oh, that I was talking about the Renfield. the Renfield. <laughs> yeah, but but the, uh, this whole set, I almost pulled the trigger it, it, on it. It is pretty epic. But and in chances you were listening, I don't want this for Christmas. Do not buy this. <laughs> I don't. I have no way to watch it. Nor will I. It's it'll just, yeah. Oh, no. who's gonna get who? Who got me in the uh, in a gift exchange in the Secret Santa? 
They can get me that. Yeah, it's a secret. Yeah, and then give yeah, it to I Toys mean, for Tots, and then some kid could be disappointed. On yeah, Christmas until morning. until you until you see me with my ankles sticking out of the box, digging it out. <laughs> Yeah, but do you have any way to watch it? I guess your PS4. I could I could go downstairs and watch it on the TV on my PS4. And you have to uh, change discs yeah, and stuff like a plebeian. That. Yeah. Well, you all have a wonderful and filling Thanksgiving. Eat all the fucking food. Don't skimp. It's the holidays. Calories don't count. And we'll be back um, next week with... Uh, Goddamn fucking Christmas episode, right? What? Already? Yeah, yeah it's fucking Christmas. What's our, what Christmas one are we doing? Well, Squeezer, I will look at the list I since can... you can't possibly do it. And it's uh, Christmas before and after the Rad Years is next week. Ah, uh, yes, I remember that. And then our fun one will be 12 6, dissecting old Christmas photos. Oh, uh, I got I, I, have, I have them all. I got to go through them. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to narrow it down. Well, we will see you next week for our first Christmas episode. Until then, happy Thanksgiving. I'm RK. And I'm Squeezer. Bye, everybody.